Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. If some days you doubt yourself and you don't know what you're doing, if you've ugly cried alone in your bedroom because you felt like you're failing, well, I just want you to know you're not alone and you have come to the right place. Raising tweens and teens in today's world is not easy. And I'm on a mission to equip you to love well and to raise emotionally healthy, happy tweens and teens that thrive. I believe that moms are heroes and we have the power to transform our family and to impact future generations. If you are looking for answers, encouragement, and to become more of the mom and the woman that you want to be, Welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome to our second episode of the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. Yay! I'm so glad that you're here and you're listening, and you're going to be so glad that you tuned in today. Today's episode is a conversation with my friend, Amy Carney, and she's so inspiring. She is a writer, speaker, mother of five, and the author of the book, Parent on Purpose, a courageous approach to raising children in a complicated world. And this interview is convicting. It's going to make you think. We talk about the performance-driven culture that we live in and how this drives our parenting decisions and gets in the way of connecting with our kids and living out our values and what truly matters to us as parents. And Amy talks a lot about how to raise our kids to become capable and confident young adults that the world really needs. So I can't wait for you to hear and let's jump in. What I just want to tell our listeners, what I love so much about this book, and it's it's all highlighted, look at and dog-eared. And <laughs> it's not only is it timely, it's practical. It's like when I was, you break it up, like developing life skills, identifying the problems that we all struggle with, and then what's the solution, and then you give us proactive strategies. So I want to really dig in to this today. So tell me, what does it mean? What do you think it means to, to parent on purpose? Well, it means that we get ahead of the game, right? Like having four kids in a year and a half, I was just kind of surviving motherhood. I was just reacting to what came my way in the day. And so I want to help people get ahead of the game um, and be proactive and intentionally raising their child. And so that's kind of what I laid out in the book of what that looks like to me and um, with other experts that I interviewed. Yes. And what I really like about that is I don't think that we stop long enough to really think about, you talk about the end game, knowing what what the purpose is with our kids. And I don't think we often think about that. And I do want to quote you because in, in the Moms of Tweens and Teens community, this quote is so important to kind of let just percolate. It's not about striving to be the perfect mother or father or about raising perfect children. We are imperfect humans raising imperfect little humans. Perfection is never our goal. The objective of this book is to help you become more intentional. Speak a little bit to that. 
Well, I just think that's culture today, right? Like um, the good mommy club and what we have to do all these things to, to be a good mom. And um, no, I mean, we are imperfect people. Like I said, raising imperfect kids. So we need to give ourselves a little um, grace in that. But we also, there's a lot of things we can do to intentionally raise our kids and not continue reacting to whatever comes our way in culture today um, and get a, get a little ahead of the game. And that's what I hope my book helps people with. Yes, definitely. It does. <laughs> and I, I put a link in there so people can order the book because it's so good. Yeah. Um, talk about your three pillars. But I want to ask you first, what are some of those things that we can do to parent with the end in mind? What are some of the things we can do? Well, I, one of the strategies I'd like to say is that we can um, kind of parent six years ahead. So um, if, we're, if we have a 10-year-old, we need to start looking at them as a 16-year-old. And what does culture look like for 16-year-olds today? What are parents dealing with, right? Um, and then begin figuring out how we can begin making decisions and living out our values now so that when we get to that stage, it's a little bit easier um, to lead our child and make hard decisions according to our values and maybe not our best friends or our neighbors, right? Instead of just reacting to whatever comes our way. And, we're, and when we get to the end, um, I'm seeing it so often people are launching their kids and they've got so much regret um, and sadness and guilt because they didn't ever stop and think about what is it I want for my 18 year old walking out the store, right? Because culture is so busy today. I mean, we're, we're overwhelmed, right? We've got, we've got a lot coming at us. And so we've just got to recognize that truth and slow down and think about what it is, what our purpose is for raising this child and what do we want for them when they leave our home? And then how do we start making decisions today toward that goal? Yeah, I love that because you talked about, you mentioned the word reactive and starting when they're when they're younger and then thinking it out so that when they turn 16, we're not reacting, doing that we've been thinking about these things all along the way. Right, right. We're not all of a sudden, they're 16 and we're now we're trying to figure out, you know, if they're going to drive or get a job, date, like we've been thinking about those things years before. So we kind of know better how we want to handle it. And we've been talking about it with our child too, yes. right? Right. So when they get to this prom party bus and they're not allowed to go on it. Well, you've already kind of been talking about that, um, you know, years prior or whatever, you know, boundaries you have in your home, because we all should have some boundaries according to our family uh, values. So you talk about, and I really like this too, like, what do we not want for our family and what do we want for our family? And being able to really sit down and think about that and then talk with our kids. Like, what did that look like in your family? When my husband and I, I kind of designed what I call the parent purpose statement. And so I wanted to stop and think about what it is I wanted for, for my kids. And it was a little overwhelming to think, well, I want all these amazing, great things, right? But then I, so I started with what don't I want? Um, and that was much easier. I don't know to start with the negatives, right? Like, I don't want to raise entitled children. Okay, right. I don't know that many of us do want that. Um, but how do I, okay, if I don't want to raise entitled children, then what do I need to do today to raise a more grounded child? And so looking at what you don't want is, is really a great place to start and then start figuring out what you do want instead. I love that. You mentioned too how companies have mission statements, and yet we don't think about that as parents. No, we don't. Have a common goal. Why don't we just launch into the three pillars? Tell us what they are. Yep. So I broke the book into three parts. So lead, lead on purpose, love on purpose, and launch on purpose. 
Um, and so the first part of the book, lead, is really to strengthen ourselves as a parent, as a parental leader. So it's strengthening us as an individual adult. The second part, the love on purpose, is strengthening our family culture and our relationships. So how do we do that? That's strengthening our family. And then the, the last pillar, which is the launch on purpose, is how do we um, strengthen our child? How do we strengthen them into um, a, a young adult that can go into the world um, and be capable and confident and compassionate? So those are the three areas. Strengthen yourself as a parent first, strengthen your family unit, your uh, family culture and relationships, and then um, how do we strengthen our child so that they can go off and be a um, successful, healthy adult? Okay. And, you know, I have to ask you about this so you can tell our listeners how this book came to be, because I think that fits really well into the leading part, because you did something very courageous. Was it 2014? Yes. Five years ago, we were on the road. So in, in 2014, we pulled out of life and quit um, our jobs and pulled the kids out of school, bought an RV and traveled the whole U.S. for seven months. Um, and we did that. If you buy my book or have it, uh, the introduction is all about that. And we did that because we were not living into our family story. We were split up all the time living like my husband and I were on different sidelines, cheering our kids on. Um, I say like they had A's on the report cards and uh, we had money in the bank, but we were totally disconnected and not living the life that we had hoped to or had you know, thought we would as a family. And so we just bravely decided that we would just stop everything for a little bit, take off in this RV. And um, it was crazy because we're not even, well, we're a camping family now, but we, we weren't. So um, we just needed to regroup because we could see the end coming and we didn't want to launch our kids into the world and have this regret and sadness. And so we wanted to take that time to kind of pivot and, and figure out what direction we wanted our family to head. How did you have that epiphany? Like, whose idea was that to do that? <laughs> I know. Most people think it was mine. It was not my idea. Um, it was my husband's idea um, to get an RV and go around. And he was thinking of, like a summer. And then it was my bold idea. Like, why don't we do the entire U.S., pull them out of school? Um, and, and then I started back my writing career. I used to be a journalist before. So it was a way that I started writing, um, blogging from the road. And then that's how this book came to be, because I was being asked to write a book about the trip. And then the book about the trip turned into this parent on purpose, because I more wanted to write about the heart behind, of the trip and all these things that we're experiencing raising kids today um, that are hindering us from really raising them maybe the way that we had hoped to or wanted to, and maybe how we can make different choices to um, for a different outcome. When you think about the transformation, so to speak, that you went through from before you took the trip to seven months later, what changed in your family? We decided that we were going to live into our values. We said, um, you know, if faith is our number one value, how are we going to live that out? Because we weren't doing a very good job of even getting to the family dinner table together or to church together. So are we going to really prior prioritize what we said is true? But the problem is when we, when we do that, there's always consequences like to our choices and culture. So, um, you know, if we did, like we decided for our daughter, who was a club soccer player that we weren't going to go on a tournament, a Thanksgiving tournament. Right. I would, cause it's normally she and I would go and the boys would stay back and we're separate on holidays. Um, and we said, you know what, we're not going to do that this year. Like 
I'm sorry. You know, we're going to spend Thanksgiving as a family. We're going to miss this. Um, and so, yeah, the next season she got moved down because she's not committed. Right. That's, and that's, this is the culture that, um, we, we live in and it's okay. We've got to be able to say, you know what? Okay. We're going to live with that because is this youth sport our priority or is our family unit our priority? And it's a really struggle. It's a struggle that uh, a lot of families are dealing with. So you just have to make some hard choices. And we figured out how to maybe balance better, say no to some things that maybe will have a consequence and say yes to things that really matter. Really bringing it back to the values, like over and over and over again, reminding yourself what really matters in your family. Yeah. And you can't just do it by like, that's why I say to write it down. Um, I have a whole, you know, write out your parent purpose statement. And because it's one thing to say something, but it's another thing to really take the time to write it out um, and then hold yourself accountable. Like are the decisions we're making matching what we said we wanted? I mean, they're not always going to, they're not always going to be able to, that's, that's reality. Right. But maybe we can take a week this summer, this upcoming summer, and really live into our values because we haven't been able to do it this well this school year, right? Maybe we're going to take our kids and, and go on a mission trip or something we really want to do instead of taking them to Disneyland or an entertaining vacation. I mean, I just talk about in the book what it looks like to make courageous decisions in your family, small, I mean, I mean to big. So um, we've just got to be more willing to do that because we don't want popular culture writing our family story. I don't, that's what was happening to us. Mm -hmm. Um, So we wanted to take back the pen and kind of write more of the scenes of our story instead of letting um, culture do that for us. Yeah. I think you raised such a good point too, about how it almost feels like life is happening to us now. Yeah. Don't get our kids in a sport. It's so different from when I was growing up and my, and my husband where he decided he wanted to play soccer freshman year in high school. Yeah. And, and he made the team and made varsity and played and loved it. But now it's like they, we start our kids when they're three, four years old. Mm-hmm. Or with my girls, I started them later dancing. And so they were dancing with this young group of girls because the older ones were already dancing in the intermediate class, you know? So yeah. you feel like, oh, I've missed the boat, you know? And this yeah. pressure, we feel this anxiety. And then, you know, I, no wonder our kids are so stressed out today. Right. So right. it's a really hard thing to balance. And there's no such thing as balance necessarily, but it's more how are you going to allow your child to do this and have it not overtake, uh, you know, your overall family narrative. Talk about the love, the love piece in the book. You talk about the leading and then the love. What, right. does, what are some practical tips that you share in the book? Well, I talk about one thing is putting the technology down, right? Having parameters on technology. Technology is taking over our families. Um, So one chapter is disconnect to reconnect. And how can we live with this technology, right? But have healthy habits built in around it and boundaries so that we can have authentic conversations and communication and relationship with each other. So that's huge. And then I talk a lot about play. And I mean, I know that's kind of a buzzword now, you know, we need to play more, but it's true. Like, we all need to play more. And I, I go into how I didn't realize that was really what we were missing in our family. And I realized that on the RV trip, like we had no margin in our lives to play, to just be in nature, just to have fun, just, you know, everything had become so rigid and stressful and scheduled. 
And so sometimes we just have to wipe the calendar clean and just hang out, go outside, go camping where there's no Wi-Fi or whatever your family does. Um, just do more of it. And then like our, a lot of times when people say, well, our kids really don't want to go camping. Okay. Like, Oh, okay. They don't want to go, but you know, that's what's best for your family. So we just did that. We, we just headed to the, to the campground this summer a little, because for one thing, I know it's bad Wi-Fi, which is something I seek out because go where there's no Wi-Fi, like, because otherwise our teenagers were battling to, you know, them get off the devices. So it's, it's kind of a, my little secret, like, um, for family connection, they don't, they don't know that, but they can't connect. So guess what? We get to connect and they actually play and they actually relax. And, um, it's so important. It's just really important, but we've got to lead that, you know, and too many times we, Oh, our kid, they don't want to do it. Well, we're, you're the parent, you know, what you want for your family, what's best. And sometimes you just drag them along and Oh, next day you see them having a good time. Um, we just gotta be willing to do it. But our kids well, need yeah. downtime. They do. They do need downtime. And we used to look at the clouds going by and be able to breathe, and there's never a break. Right. And we're we, constantly feeling like that FOMO, fear of missing out. I have to be on my phone to stay connected. Right. It, it adds a lot of stress. Yeah. And we struggle with it too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially when we have we're, a lot of our work, your and my work's yeah. online. So. Right. Just carving out that time for ourselves to not yeah. be plugged in. Exactly. Um, you know, and I thought I think that you raised a really good point too about our kids. I think we expect our kids to want to do these things, and they're at an age when they're tweens and teens. They're gonna whine. They're gonna complain. They're oh yeah. Not gonna like it. But at the same time, then, like you said, the next day they're playing, they're having fun. That once they get away from it, that it, yeah. they see the difference that it makes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my daughter went on a mission trip and she can't be on her phone the whole week. And she came back and she said, Oh my gosh, it was so good to be off of my phone. Like I felt so more peaceful. I felt more connected to God. I mean, you know, she was like, I was with myself. She yeah. said, and one thing she said, she said, I really tasted my food. Oh. And I said, oh, you know, I mean, oh, that's eating. And if you're on your phone and you're eating, yeah don't really taste your food. That's so I thought, but she saw the difference. That's the, and we have to give them that space to see the difference, right? They've got to have that time away from it to understand mm-hmm. what it feels like to be off of it. Absolutely. Yes. Tell us too about the launch. So the third pillar is launch. That's a big one. That's a big one. And that's kind of one of the reasons I wrote the book because I had written a blog post a few years ago on the eight things you should stop doing for your team. And most of your followers have probably read that because it, it, it went viral for a really long time and it, and it always regurgitates itself around this time of year. And so I just talked about simple things that I had to stop doing for my kids when they were 13 ish. Um, and it's just been a hot topic of conversation is this, you know, are, are we doing too much for our kids? And I think that we are. Mm-hmm. You know, so what and should we, what should we stop doing? <laughs> you got to go to my blog and read the eight things post, right? Um, so I just say like, start as simple as have them start getting themselves up in the morning with an alarm clock. I mean, you know, uh, 
and we we laugh because I mean I see headlines saying that parents are calling calling their college age kids to, and waking them up every morning. You know, um, well, of course we're going to do like we laugh at that, but we're, of course we're going to do that if if we're not sure if they're going to be able to get themselves up on their own because we've done it for them all the way through senior year, um, and then we're paying for this tuition. Are they really getting up for class? We don't know because we never taught them how to do that in our home and we never saw it. So then we get desperate and we overparent when they're away in college. So um, I had written, I think that was the first one I had talked about and everything from, I mean, they should be contributing to our homes, to our families, um, whether you call that chores, I just call it contributing. And it's just what you do when you're in a family and I, and I need help and everyone's going to help. I mean, it's just part of it. And what's gone on now is we, our kids are too busy. Like they're so busy team mm-hmm. teens today. And so we feel like we don't want to burden them with anything else. Right. Um, and, but yet we need to expect them to contribute in whatever ways are helpful to your family on a regular basis. And not what just serves them and helps them, but helps the entire family. Yeah, absolutely. I love the word that you use, contributing. I'm going to start using that rather than chores, because chores, yeah. like, you have Negative. to do this. But right. contributing is like, we're all part of this family together. Right, right. So I just love it. So much of it is the words we use. And that yeah. contributing, we're even teaching that value of we contribute. We work as a team. Exactly. Exactly. In our home and in the world, right? We need to be contributors, not just consumers. And that's what's happening is we're raising kids to just consume. And it's, that's why we have this entitlement issue um, where it's okay to consume and it's good to contribute. We got to be able to do both. Yes. I, I feel like one of the really important things you talk about, and, I, and also to those that are listening in your book, I like at the back, you give break it up into age appropriate ways that parents, depending on the age of your kids, can start teaching your kids these skills. Mm-hmm. So they are ready to launch. And we really do need to, to let go a lot and pull back. I see that with moms and dads today as well. And also in my own parenting with my first, especially, we parent a lot out of fear. Mm-hmm. And and we don't want them to be uncomfortable. And they really need to learn that and strengthen that muscle so that they are prepared when they leave our homes. Yeah. Talk about too the success. I really wanted to speak about that because I think it's so important how we tend to focus on success versus character. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I I like to to challenge people just to stop and redefine success because. Um, sometimes we get caught up in this, I mean, we're, we're living and raising kids in this achievement performance driven culture. It, and sometimes we can forget what success really is to us. And so I like to show when I'm, when my, in my talks and I just did it this morning, um, a picture of my hockey playing son who by all means, it, you know, looks successful to the world. He's a good student. He's a good athlete. He's doing all these things. But when I stop, is that really success to me? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not, it's, it's, um, this man that I am raising who goes on a mission trips and I've got a photo I show of him, um, washing the feet of the elderly women in the, in the village on his knees and the way he, um, loves on our younger son that we adopted and just this loving character and heart that he's developing is that success to me. And so stopping and saying, what is success 
to you? And, and then how can you create opportunities for your child to become that? Because that's the other thing is carving out space in our lives to actually have these opportunities where our kids can serve others, you know, or work hard, get a job and work hard or whatever it is you want for your child. How do you carve out opportunities for them to become that person? Mm -hmm. So redefine success is huge. I think we don't stop and, and define that for ourselves and for our kids. It's about more of the heart versus the performance that we get really caught up in that today, parenting, the performance and the mm-hmm. colleges they go to and the grades and all of yeah. that. Yeah. And it's causing them a lot of stress and it's not just coming from us. I mean, it's coming from their peers, the schools. It's just a performance driven culture today. Yes. And so it's, it's just helpful to pull back on that a little. And what does success really mean to you? So let's get to the questions and let me see here. Um, Oh, Marissa, hi. My experience is that myself and my husband are not on the same page on some key issues. That is difficult. I work on a college campus. Yes, they need life skills. <laughs> so that, that can be very real, not being on the same page. Oh, yeah. It's my number one question I get every time is, mm-hmm. is that. And I think that um, all of us struggle with that, right? Because we would like that to be with a partner who's on the exact same page. Yet none of us really are because we married um, people who grew up differently than we did. They have a different upbringing, right? And different family values and family. So we, there's no way we're going to come to the table the same. And so we've got to wrap our heads around that and um, figure out if we can just come up with our main core value or two or three that we, you know, do agree on. And then individually figure out how we're going to live that out with our kids and teach our kids because it's going to be different. And it, I would say it is the hardest, one of the hardest things with parenting is trying to get our spouse on the same page or, you know, or for, for single parents right? <coughs> but going between two homes, trying to, it's, so you can only be you, right. And you can only parent the way you feel called to, to lead them. And so, um, I think we just need to focus more on that instead of getting so frustrated with our um, spouse or our ex or whoever else is helping us raise our child that they're not on board with what we think, you know, and um, we've just got to know that they're really not going to be. And how can we best both teach them? That leading piece that you were talking about in the beginning, how are we going to lead? And I think so much of parenting too is how, well, how our kids perceive us. Yeah. The experience watching us. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're the example. That's why I said, yeah. be the example. Mm-hmm. Be the adult you want your child to be because they're watching if we're walking our talk. Right. And they know, they know the difference. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Strive to be, be the example. So what are some final parting words for us of encouragement? Cause we do need encouragement. Oh yeah. Yeah. I need encouragement. I've got three seniors now in high school. So um, I, I would just say in the back of each chapter uh, of the book, I have this sec, this section where it's pause, pivot and plan. Right. And sometimes we can just forget to pause and take a break and think about what's working in your family, what's not working. This is a perfect time of year to do this too with school, a new school year. Um, you know, what's what was working for you guys last year in your home and what's not working? And then plan to make a pivot. Pivot and go a different direction. And never, never be afraid. I, I hear people, it's too late. It's too it's never oh, too late. No. It's never too late. It's never too late. I mean, I feel like that with seniors in high school. It's I've still got things I want to teach them. And 
and I'm still learning and I'm not, I'm not perfect, nor am I trying to be perfect, right? I'm just trying to lead them um, to be able to leave my home next year and go off and be a contributing, mm-hmm. um, you know, man in society. And so I am doing my best to do that. And then the other thing is once they leave our home too, like the outcome is not ours. Like what they do with what I've taught them or what I haven't taught them is on them. They're going to make their own choices. And they're currently doing that, right? As teenagers, they make their choices. Mm-hmm. And it's not a reflection on our parenting necessarily, right? I mean, if we've taught them something and they choose, that's their choice. And it's not a reflection on our parenting. I mean, so we've got to remember that, that uh, the goal is not to raise perfect kids. We're not perfect parents. And the goal is just to be purposeful and live live into this season of full-time parenthood more purposefully. And play more too. Play more. Yeah, play more. I, I like it. I like to reframe, I say in the book, like even just the family dinner, which you rarely get time as a family. I think we got one, maybe two nights a week, we get to gather around the family table. But I say, I even reframe frame that as family playtime. I mean, as far as that, I want it to be an enjoyable time where we're not... Not correcting them that they're eating like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, and so I want it to be an enjoyable time where people are talking and connecting and we've got conversation starters on every one of our tables so we can sometimes just pull those randomly out and, and, and laugh, right? We got to laugh more. Oh yeah, absolutely. Be silly. That's why I say in the book too, I say like, well, let's worry about being uh, sillier in our families than these SAT scores, you know, like that might take our kids further. Let's like, have that be a goal for, you know, for the next week, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. You know, we're so caught up in, uh, and for good reason. I mean, you know, there's, there's reasons too, because it makes a difference financially for people too, right? If money for college and everything. But at the end of the day, that's not what's most important. And we want to enjoy this season. Um, so just laugh a little more, relax a little more, enjoy these, these kids we've been blessed with and then we can launch them and figure out what's next, right? <laughs> so much. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, your book, I want you to tell, I put the link in here. Um, and also they can find you at amycarney.com. Mm-hmm. And then it's Amy Carney for Facebook. Tell, tell them how to reach you. Yeah. So follow me on social. Facebook um, is just Amy Carney uh, blog. And then on Instagram is Amy L. Carney. Um, so I'll, on the other handles, it's Amy L. Carney. And then, yeah. But this was really helpful. And I just wanted to say, too, I think it's so important what you said about I'm learning, too. And just to know our kids are going to make mistakes, you know, well, we want them to mistakes every day. And that's exactly that's how they learn. And yeah. I think that's really important to remember, too. Right. Right. That's that's we've got to allow them to make mistakes because, that yeah, that's how they how they learn and grow. And it's how we learn, too. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Amy. Yeah, I'll see you. Sometime soon. I know. No. Yeah, you got to get to Arizona. I know. Come see my mom too. That's right. We go to the same church, my mom and Amy. So yeah, it's <laughs> really a connection. It's yeah. fun. So thank you so much. That's it for today. And I want to thank you so much for joining us. I hope you found today's episode encouraging and helpful. And if you did, I'd love you to follow the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I also invite you to check out our website at momsoftweensandteens.com, where you will find the show notes and much more. 
And we've also recently launched Moms of Tweens and Teens University, where you will find many resources, workshops, and downloads that are specifically geared to support moms raising tweens and teens. You can find the university at Mott's, M-O-T-T-S, university.com. Have an awesome week and see you next time.